Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, January 3rd edition, brought to you by Onnit. If you want to use the supplements used by the likes of Bailey, Seth Rollins, Cesaro, new UFC uh, Bantamweight champion Cody Garbrandt, Donald Cerrone, all kinds of big names in pro wrestling and MMA. I personally use uh, Shroom Tech, New Mood, and Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain helps me prepare for these long work weeks. New Mood helps me recover, uh, improves my sleep patterns. Shroom Tech gives me a ton of energy. Go over to our page, Fightful.com. Click that on it link. You'll see it on the sidebar or on any of our podcast pages. If you would like to sponsor the Fightful.com podcast, shoot me an email, Sean at Fightful.com, and we'll work something out, my friends. We are here with Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, we are five hours away from New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 11. We will have live coverage and discussion on our site I will be waking up at 3 a.m. to enjoy the festivities. You will not. No, I'll be watching it later, though. I'm, I'm, inter- I'm still, inter- it's still usually the best show of the year, top to bottom in terms of wrestling. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm interested to see what they'll do. I think they're going to put the belt back on Tanahashi. Okay. So, Cody Garbrandt, there's a there's a super, nice surprise. I liked that. Yeah, and the way that he handled that victory was pretty cool, giving the belt to the uh, cancer survivor. Yeah, I, I'm reminded though when you were asking about sponsorships, I, I love the uh, there's a story about Steve Young, uh, former NFL quarterback, where they go, yeah, we'd like you to uh, we'd like to sponsor this or whatever. Can you endorse this? He goes, sure. Send a box of product over. It's the way I feel. You want me to sponsor? Want to sponsor? Send me a box of product. We're all in. Uh, Onnit <laughs> has sent me many of products in my day. Oh no, Onnit's great. I love them. I mean, we got plenty to talk about even before SmackDown. Yes. Speaking of Wrestle Kingdom, Kenny Omega did an interview recently, uh, saying that he wouldn't mind being a legend that was known for not coming into the WWE. And he did this more of a as, as a challenge for WWE talents to step up than anything. Jeff, what, what was your take on this? 
Well, first of all, I remember him being signed to a WWE contract. And he was in FCW. I, you know what? I have deep, deep South, Deep South, way deep different. South. That's that's what it was. Okay, yeah, that's right. Because that was this that was the old regime. That okay. I hardly consider somebody wrestling in Deep South as being in WWE. Okay, no, that's fine. I mean that that's not that's irrelevant to my point here. Kind of. I you know what? I like having a public and a private position on these things. I think this should have been a private position for him. I, I think it's kind of it's bad. For, I mean, I guess it's great if if you consider that that you know that challenge to himself and challenging the other talent. I guess, but at the same time, it it makes you lose marketing position somewhat. And you know what? It, it's a kind of thing that if you change your mind later, you get called out on. My corollary here was in the mid '90s when I was still doing stand up. It was during the big boom of alternative comedy or what they like to call alternative comedy. So you had all these comedians that are, are very revered. Now, you know, your your Patton Oswalt's, your David Cross's, your Janine Garofalo's now, who are all going out there and, and just mocking these people who were selling out for, you know, sitcoms and movies and things like that. And And then you come to find out that, you know, a guy like David Cross gets a role in an Alvin and the Chipmunks 2 or whatever. And he goes, hey, it turns out I like money and I wanted to buy a house in upstate New York for farm for farmland and things. Those- yeah, but Kenny, Kenny Omega has shot down several WWE offers. He has a standing offer to go to NXT and appear on TV the next week whenever he wants. Right, and but he can continue to make that offer better as he goes – Saying this publicly, I don't think necessarily helps his bargaining position if he wanted to do that, though, still. I don't think that yeah, makes him more that. in demand. I mean, I, I understand the thought process of it, but at the same time, that's that. if, if he really believes that, that's something I kind of keep to myself for some reason. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe people disagree. That's fine. I'm still kind of processing it a bit. I, I just – I read it and I went, okay, that's interesting, but, you know, that's kind of like saying you want to – man, I don't want to – I don't want to, you know, I want to be a band that makes it, you know, touring and working small gigs all the time as opposed to selling out for a big record contract. I'm like, okay, good for you, man. You want to do it the hard way. As Gonzo said, I'm going to Bombay, India to be a movie star. Why? Don't you want to go to Hollywood like the rest of us? Oh, sure, if you want the easy way. You know, it's that kind of thinking. I mean, it's, it's, yes, I quoted the Muppet movie on your podcast. I apologize. <laughs> well, the VOD villains have actual puppets somewhere, so it could be worse. Have you seen those yet? Because you, you, I haven't. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I, I got to make a list of it. I made Alex watch the Rybaxel breakup last week, so. Um, oh, jeez. So I gotta, I gotta get with the times and watch the puppets. I just don't think Kenny Omega cares. Otherwise, I agree. That's fine. That is absolutely fine. He, he has that right. I have no problem with the opinion. I, I ha- my only concern is is in terms of bargaining and the right to change your mind, so to speak, because there are, there are people who, if he changes his mind, and we know how these, oh, yeah. oh you once said you were never going to go to WWE, oh, you're a sellout, you know, it's, it's, it's that old ECW, it. that old ECW mentality that they chant at the arena when people would sign with one of the big two because, oh, yeah, I need to work in Philly forever. What would you say that qualifies as, quote, bitching and moaning, Jeff? I would say that qualifies as both a bitch and a moan. 
Funny you say that. There was a show <laughs> that brought up the term bitching and moaning a dozen times last night. This new WWE show, what the hell is it called? Bring it to the table. Yeah, there we go. Rosenberg hosts it. They have JBL and Paul Heyman on it. And I knew what was going to happen. Anybody who has ever seen, and JBL was much more manageable because JBL as a normal human being acts with, with a lot more sense than somebody like an Al Snow. Have you ever seen the Al Snow shoots where he's like, what was the best match at WrestleMania 3? Steamboat Savage. And he'll go, no dumbass. It was Hogan, Andre, because they drew 93,000. Yeah, no, I, I listened. He just had an uh, interview with Wade Keller that was pretty much the same kind of thing. Yeah, same type of thing. Well, man, and I, and I love a Paul Heyman interview. This was bad. Oh, This was terrible. It angered me. It, it angered me to a level where I was looking at selling my Mania, Raw, and SmackDown tickets and not going to WrestleMania. That's, uh, I mean, the perfect description I saw, so I can't take credit for this, is it was an inception level of Carney on, on yes. so many levels. It, it was How so- dare we, as people who are not involved with the WWE, know anything about the WWE beyond what they show us on the screen? How dare we? So, so here, here you go. You've just watched a three-plus-hour Raw, and you're turning to the network, your most hardcore subscribers, and you're telling them that critical commentary of the product is wrong. Yes. That's just amazing to me. It's someone, and, and they were asking, well, what, where'd this come from? I think it's just from all these podcasts of all these former guys in the WWE has made someone butthurt in management, probably Vince, mm-hmm. especially since they targeted the Bret Hart podcast where he talked about Seth Rollins being, you know. It, Bret, Bret does bitch a lot. Oh, Bret does bitch about everything. I, I'm not going to defend Bret Hart here. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out the mindset here because, quite frankly, they're coming after you and me. In, in terms of don't listen to those guys. Don't listen to people who critique the product. Everything's okay and everything's good. So if they say that, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Three hours is is a great, great amount of time for a wrestling show for you to invest in. And you should watch it live with commercials because we have sponsors. It's, it was just, it was such a mind-blowing thing to, to take your audience, your hardcore audience, and basically say, if you question us, you're you're the problem. I just kind of went. I, I mean, I was literally like, why am I even watching this product anymore? Yeah. I'm just gonna go watch my. Oh, that's the other thing is they kept on saying, well, if you have a problem with it, you should boycott, and that should mean that you don't. That doesn't mean I hate wrestling. That doesn't mean I hate. I mean, I've never been a WWE guy per se. I've never thought their style was particularly enjoyable but i enjoy professional wrestling does this mean i'm not allowed i should boycott you guys and just go watch my old tape collection of old nwa okay fine yeah screw you i I highly encourage you guys to go check out uh our fantastic feature writer uh brandon howard's timeline regarding the situation he said it's not enough that wrestling fans have people outside the business belittling them Now they have people inside putting them down too. And I knew this was going to happen from the moment they said that Rosenberg was going to host. And Rosenberg did a damn near flawless job. If that's what they wanted. I mean, if if that's what they wanted. I I, I don't know, you know, I mean. A flawless job for for defending himself and defending the fan base. 
Um, you think so? I thought he was yeah, there perfectly to, I feed think... the, to feed the points. That's what he I was. thought. He was, but the thing is, it was so transparent about how dickish yes. this was. The Heyman thing, where he said, should it all be two or three hours? And Rosenberg said, well, based on JBL breaking down the financials, financially it should be three hours. I would enjoy it more as two. And he that's held- the one moment. Yeah, that's the one moment where he held on to his his beliefs. I thought that was you're right. You're right. Continue. He held and and Heyman held him hostage in this situation. Well, is it two or is it three? And he's like, dude, I'm telling you, I would like it more if it were two. Financially, it should be three. Should be is, it, oh my god, it was infuriating. And you know, you're gonna have these people. Oh, you're a mark. You're buying into it. <laughs> no, you're stupid. It and confirms things, though, that you suspect from time to time, that they don't necessarily want wrestling fans. They want the casual sports entertainment fans. WrestleMania booking confirmed that to me, but they also they they resent wrestling fans in a way because they want the cool kids. They want to be liked by the cool kids, and you're the ones keeping them from being liked by the cool kids, supposedly. What do you remember about Sam Houston? A lot. Why? I mean, he was. He, I remember him as you know, kind of the jobber to the stars in the NWA. Okay, good, good, um, good. What what was he in the WWE? WWE. He he was pretty much the same role. He left there when okay. he fell in love. He left the NWA when uh, he and Baby Doll started having a relationship because Dusty. Uh, got uh, angry. We're good. We're good here. We're good here. Okay. Good. What do you remember about Danny Davis? Uh, the evil referee. Yeah. Then joined the heart hearts after. Uh, after doing a fast uh-huh. count, I think, to screw... Uh, uh-huh. I watched the Royal Rumble 88. Ron Bass in that Sam, one, too? Sam, I think it was 88 or 89. Sam Houston and Danny Davis go at it, uh-huh. and the place fucking explodes. People liked... People really liked Sam Houston as a young I, white baby, yeah. white meat baby face well, today, who, would, who would just get killed by guys' power moves. That's the other thing that Sam Houston did so well. It's like he today, could take a Russian sickle and do a flip and shit. So today you have a former tag champion, U.S. champion, cruiserweight star that comes back and you didn't hear a peep on SmackDown. I think the WWE, and I hate the term butt hurt. I think they have had a really hard time coping with the fact that they are not able to manipulate their crowd into reacting the way that they want because yeah. that crowd popped for Sam fucking Houston fighting Danny Davis in a Royal Rumble where there were stars everywhere. Tonight, Kalisto came back, and they couldn't make a peep. And last night was like the big middle finger, like, how dare you know anything about our business? How dare you? Well- and and I've uh, and in my in my day I, well, I've run into to people that I've interviewed that have that type of mentality like why are you asking these type of questions like you have a reason to well I do have a reason to because that's what people fucking click on that's what people like to visit that's what people like to hear about they don't want to hear you in kayfabe unless you're unless you're Matt Hardy that's like the one guy it's a really weird situation they had going on. Well, they have they had a different total mindset that then because you had only the big four pay per views, and these guys who were in this Royal Rumble never really interacted with one another because they were doing squash matches on superstars from week to week, and and it was a special time. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, now you get Danny Davis and Sam Houston aren't getting that reaction today if they no. never touched it all ever. No, they get they get. Uh, I mean, 
Danny Davis today is pretty much what Tyler Breeze is now. Okay, so if Tyler Breeze and Titus O'Neil go at it in the Rumble? No one's, no one's going to care. Nobody. No. Nobody. The whistle that Titus brings into the ring will make more noise. Um, I'll give the show another shot to see if maybe they, they correct it. Because that was – it was infuriating. Maybe it was infuriating by design. I don't know, but I really – I mean – you're mad at SmackDown? Is that what you're saying? Because no, I really like Okay. SmackDown was pretty good. SmackDown was pretty good. We'll get to SmackDown now. <laughs> we had an opening segment. The Miz came out. Maurice came out. Um, I think that this situation should be more of a catalyst of Dean Ambrose being serious. But the Miz is kind of a, a cool guy to play off of if you're going to have some of the comedy. Maurice slaps Dean Ambrose. Right. What do you what do you think about this? Do you think he should have just walloped her one back? This were nineteen eighty eight, sure. Now, not so much. I think they'd frown about actually this were ninety five. Yeah, I mean <laughs> look, I mean this is baby. CM Punk hit CM Punk hit Beth Phoenix with a GTS a few years ago. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is baby doll slapping Dustier Magnum to go back to those days if you want to do that. I, no, I don't think I don't think Dean should should hit Maurice at, at all. I think that would, I mean, in this day and age, I think that would come off with bad optics. I think they'd probably end up losing a sponsor because someone would be very, very upset over such a thing. Uh, the thing I was noticing throughout this entire segment is it, it's just weird. I know we, we, we compliment the Miz week after week, but this week watching him, he doesn't look like he's playing pro wrestler. He doesn't look like he's in an ill-fitting suit. He looks like the suit kind I mean the suit that he's wearing isn't like that garish neon red type of thing that I mean this was a classy classy kind of miz where he looks like he has that high top of the card look as a champion. I really I mean there was something really cool about Miz tonight that I just can't put my finger on in terms of his interactions that have been building this where you're just like my god, he really is a star now. I mean, I don't know if you thought the same, but I, I was just watching that going. Yeah. He controls this audience now. He's not he's not getting flustered if they want him a bit. I mean, you saw that. He actually handled that. He looked at a guy who was yelling what real loud and repeated himself just to shut that dude down. I mean, he now controls – his aura is now in control of his segments as opposed to the segments kind of controlling him, so to speak. I think The Miz has been phenomenal. I think he's been one of the best things about mainstream wrestling of late. I've, I've – speaking of – he was up. He was nominated for our Fightful.com awards, several of those awards by fan voting, and uh, we're going to be doing a show possibly tomorrow afternoon if I have enough energy after this Wrestle Kingdom stuff. But we're going to combine the award show and Wrestle Kingdom coverage, so a podcast is coming probably tomorrow afternoon for that. Do you have a nickname for your awards? Are they like the Sappies or something? No, I don't. <laughs> I should have. I I want to get a a physical. Sheedy Award that says Greatest American Wrestling Podcaster on it. Participation trophy? Yeah, I would I would love to get uh, get myself a participation thing and just post it. Ain't nothing wrong with silver. Ain't nothing wrong with silver. 
Baron Corbin defeated Dolph Ziggler because they are trying really hard to keep that rating streak alive. But the, the, the bright spot of this is we probably won't have to see it anymore. Baron Corbin won with the end of days. Kalisto makes a save to crickets oh, yeah. when Corbin beats him down after the match. Not a single person cared, and he came, he ran out, and he was he looked like one of those guys entering a battle royal in WCW NWO Revenge. <laughs> then he dives in the ring. His head didn't move, but his body moved. Um, then Ziggler super kicks him. And then the crowd responded. The crowd oh, yeah. loved that because they've been waiting for it. They have been waiting for this Dolph Ziggler heel turn for the better part of six months, I'd say. I mean, they've been waiting for it and dying for it, and they got it, and they loved it. And then everything they did with Ziggler after this I thought was great too. I, I loved it. Yeah. I, they, they, they did what they haven't done with Apollo Crews in eight months of being on the main roster. They gave him personality of some sort and emotion. And something to do. It was fantastic, I thought, in that whole locker room fight scene. If Apollo Crews had a stat card, like a tops trading card, and they put stats on the back, under emotions for 2016, it would say zero. Yeah. I think Ziggler called him a mark, too, in that Did interaction. He? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to say, I hate using the term mark, but um, – Del Rio's use of it last night on Twitter. Oh, I'm pregnant. Phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Uh, I would rank that as number two all time after the Hulk Hogan, don't work yourself into a shoot marks. Like, I'm pregnant marks, talk about it. That was just the best. And I, I would watch every episode of Total Del Rio. His descent in his midlife crisis is something. I'll tell you that. Greatest MMA president of all time, this guy. So, yeah, Ziggler gets confronted by Cruz backstage after Ziggler tears at the locker room. Yes. And then Ziggler starts swinging on him. He's a Billy. He's a Billy badass What now. was What was your favorite version of Dolph Ziggler, if I can ask? Mm, this one? Really? Because I absolutely <laughs> I loved the heel version with him, Biggie, and and AJ Lee. I, I did that love was, that. I liked that a lot, when especially when he cashed in Money in the Bank and it was. A big I, deal, I think but I thought, that should have really splintered off into a big Biggie push and a big mm-hmm. program with Ziggler, and it was mm-hmm. short. And they blew it on both because they they put those two together way too quick in a feud. Hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see what what Ziggler's got cooking because mm-hmm. they need some heels on that show. Ellsworth is backstage. He gives Carmella a T-shirt. Ellsworth looks like he's been working out, Jeff. He's on TV now. He probably told he's him been, yes, look good. I don't think they told him that. I think he told him that. I don't think the WWE gives a shit what he looks like. You, wait, you think he's taking this contract seriously? It's like, oh, yeah, I, I got to earn this contract. I got two years. I don't know if that, I think he's just trying to make it as best as he can. <laughs> you know what? More power to him. I, I, you know, yeah. You know what? Oh, if James Ellsworth ever fails wellness, that oh, would be God. the most fantastic story. <laughs> we'll skip ahead here. Carmella <laughs> faced Aaliyah with James Ellsworth ringside. Aaliyah, Aaliyah cer- certainly 
is not ready for this main roster, but this was a fine spot for her. Aaliyah's barely re- ready for NXT. I gotta be honest barely. with it. Barely. I mean, barely. I, I think, I, look, I think her heart's in it. I, I love her. To, she's a great personality from Breaking Ground. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, this was uh, this this was an exhibition match. I remember watching her Breaking Ground, and I, I remember I had to be like, okay, she's brand new. When I saw her run the ropes, I was like, don't hate her forever. She's just starting. Yeah, I, I was the same when I saw her entrance that she, when she was like, Mr. Regal, I got this new entrance, and it was just bad, and you're just like, oh, no. Shit. No. <laughs> Ellsworth won the match for Carmella. I am very intrigued by this. Are you? I, I, was, intrigued, I was intrigued by what she did with Ellsworth's shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, that's a fantastic. She was like, she had cut into a half shirt or something and was mm. wearing it. I was like, that's it's fantastic, Carmella. I have no problem with Carmella. I have no problem with this program, and and quite frankly, I I, I think they have three women's programs on SmackDown. They can't even get three good characters on Raw that are female because they're just so bad at it. I mean, and and they're really stretching it with with SmackDown. Like they're bringing in. They're bringing in like NXT people to be jobbers. They've got La Luchadora, which we're going to talk about in a bit. And Raw was the one with all the firepower. And hmm. can I say something about that last night? Just no. Uh, that Bailey segment angered me. I know you loved it, but there was something about that where Stephanie was more common commenting on. It felt like she was commenting on the person rather than the character, rather than mm-hmm. saying, I hate people who hug or I hate people who are always positive like you. It's the whole, you don't belong here. You're not the type. You're not talented enough because you're not. It, it was just between that it, it, and it, to juxtapose it with bring it to the table where it's like you're supposed to believe when the company's telling you these things. Their whole thing is you're not supposed to believe this because it's Stephanie, but they do this with people. And it doesn't help them. It didn't help with Sami Zayn. It didn't help with Daniel Bryan. It made people rebel against them, and then they took credit for creating this underdog character. And you're like, no, people are angry at you for treating people they like this way. Stop it, morons. Well, I, I liked it. And I, to be overall, honest, overall, the Bailey, segment was fine. It was just that one, that if, one if, angle. You can, you can do it well, better. The thing is, if Bailey wanted to be like that, yeah, she certainly could be. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 be real. They go to the trouble of hiding some of her physical attributes. Yes, uh, like they go to a lot of trouble. Yes. So uh, I think they know, but mm. um, it's it's just the, the 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 choice between making a character comment and making a comment that kind of skirts the line of character. That that was my only real beef with it. American Alpha defeated Brizongo. This was quick. It was a squash. I thought it was cool. Um, American Alpha needed a dominant victory. They really haven't had a lot of them. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping the rumors that that they may not be long. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new five ninety nine lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. 
Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Term tag team aren't true. I, I really do. I think it would be a mistake. I mean, the Jason Jordan experiment as a singles wrestler in NXT did not work, and this has really revitalized his career and it got him on the main roster. I, I know he's big. I know he's muscular. I know he can throw guys around. But I think they work well as a team. I, I do. And, I, you know, I love Brizongo. I hope 2017 they, they find a way to rehab them. Speaking of rehab, well, there's no rehab because there was no habbing to begin with. Uh, they got to build up some mic skills on Jason Jordan before he ever thinks about being a singles. Yes. yes. What do we got here? Becky Lynch defeated La Luchadora. Was it you that said La Luchadora was Tamina? I was thinking that, but it's funny. She can't run. No, 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 no. It's not Tamina anymore. And now I'm I thinking it's. it's I, I see, it the thing is, I'm getting shooting. Well, okay, who is it? Not telling you. That is not a Caucasian woman. I know everybody's telling me that's Deanna Perrazzo, but that is not a Caucasian woman, I don't think. Uh, she's Italian, buddy. Okay. Well, Italian. All right. She's, she's Italian, buddy. Um, either way, I don't think it's if it is her, it's not going to be for it's long. Not, it's not. It's not going to be her. It's. It, it, it's. This is going to be a whole. They're. They're well, going to. I mean, like. Gonna, it's going like to be Mickey Jordan. Even incognito, it, it wouldn't be her. She's about to go to Japan for like right. three months. But right. Luchadora runs under the ring, and another one scampers out. It looked like Alexa Bliss. You could tell it was Alexa oh, Bliss. Yeah. Lynch beats her, unmasks her after a failed sparkle splash or twisted bliss or whatever it's called today. Then the other Luchadora comes back in and helps beat down Becky. I like this. So Luchadora has been three different people that we know of. Oh, I hope it continues to be more. I hope there's an army. I was like the Society of Owls and Batman. There's just a bunch of Luchadoras that end up coming in and continue to screw Becky. I'm I'm fine with this. I I like this program. I like what they're doing. I like Alexa's using Becky's own psychological warfare against her. I, I do. I think it's a good little story that they got here. A good little second tier story, even though it is it does have the championship involved because obviously the Natty and Nikki feud is probably the top build women's feud in this division. I think. I don't know. Maybe. How long until an indie promotion uses a Luchadora? <laughs> Next month. I don't think gotta, it's long right? at all. Oh yeah, you gotta. I mean, it's there. Luchadora and Doink in a mixed tag. <laughs> because you can literally put anyone under there and just say, oh, sure. yeah, it's, it's Luchadora from the WWE. It's the real one. Yeah. Sure. Why not? This is pretty good stuff. I liked it. Uh, we had a contract signing. Daniel Bryan explains to AJ Styles the reason they're doing this match is because they won in the ratings last week and they want to keep the momentum, so they're putting on the biggest match possible. Styles cuts a promo saying the ratings win was on his back and that Cena disappeared. He trashes Cena and says WWE doesn't need him and he'll never be as good as The Rock. Cena uh, says Styles has pissed him off and that he hasn't left. I will say this. While I enjoyed this segment, the John Cena hasn't left and isn't leaving promo was a lot better the first time as opposed to the 74th time. Because when you do that, and then a couple months later, you fucking leave, it loses its luster a little bit. 
Uh, he does call, call Styles a bitch, which gets a big pop. Yes, the, the, the standard top baby face gets to use a swear word for emphasis in a main event program. It's it's like the it's like the PG thirteen movie. Yeah, like only the baby face. Like because of that rating, you're allowed to use that one f word. Yes, but not yeah. You and know. you know what? That's a good. I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb to use. Is that you get that one for emphasis and it means more. I, and I liked it. Continue. Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin came out. AJ Styles kicked Cena. Cena sold it like he was dead. Like like it was The Rock getting clotheslined by CM Punk. Baron Corbin being pushed is cool, but man, when he talks. He takes a pause before he speaks, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, I, th- I thought he should have hit the end of days here. I thought he was vicious enough where he should have done it after AJ does the kick. A- as for the segment itself, as a as a writer, from a writer's perspective, I liked that they connected a lot of little dots here. And, you know, for a company that doesn't care a lot about continuity and things of that nature, I thought this hit a lot of small little points here, even without trying sometimes. I loved the interplay between AJ and Daniel Bryan about, hey, we were guys on the indie scene. John Cena never really did that, which kind of harkens back to the whole soft style versus the style they learned on the indies that Daniel Bryan got in trouble with with Miz. I liked that connection. I liked the callback to The Rock, even though... I think after the first mention of it, I think it became kind of a, it, it, it kind of hampered AJ a bit to keep on bringing it up as opposed to talking about himself and how great he was. I like that they remember that he he's beaten Cena three times, even though two of those times were due to help from the club, if I recall correctly. I mean, I liked the little points here and there. And, and overall, the entire segment, you know, the back and forth, not turning into a fight immediately. I liked that delayed reaction. I part of me viewed Corbin coming out a lot like the Strowman Goldberg rain segment last night. It feels very much in the same playbook. I don't know how you felt about that, but they, they see Corbin as a big deal. I, I'm fine with that. I, I, I kind of hope, we get Corbin and Cena at some point. I wouldn't mind seeing that match. I wouldn't mind seeing what Corbin could do in an elevated situation with a guy who's motivated to give him a good match. Have you noticed that they've been having Baron Corbin compete with his shirt on now? Yes, and that's probably a good thing, I think. I think that's a hiding of yes. flaw. I mean, I, you can't you yes. can't complain that they don't hide people's flaws and then say, hey, they're hiding his flaw. How dare they? Good segment. Glad they got Corbin involved. Uh, glad they went another direction with Ziggler. There was a lot to like about this show, and that, that was a big, big, big part of it. Uh, what was not a big part of it was Nikki and Natty. We come back from commercial, and they are standing in the ring with mics, waiting for a cue to argue. This is really bad. The promos are also bad. They're the same shit. Nikki gets everything because she's pretty. Natalia's a heart, but, oh, Brett likes Nikki. We don't care. A lot of implying that Nikki is blowing people to get endorsements. Nikki had a cool forearm. I love that forearm. I like the forearm, but <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't do much for your case that that you're you've earned everything when you're still coming out in the uh, 
<laughs> in the booty shorts and the cleavage <laughs> cleavage showing yeah. outfit and things of that nature. It, it works against your case. I, you know, I I want to see this match because I think Natty is a is a pretty good worker, and she more than makes up for her lack of talking in the ring. And I think Nikki's motivated to put on a good match with someone. I think those two will be fine. I just don't want to see these middle school community theater segments where they're standing and and giving off rote lines with the emotion of Baron Corbin taking a pause (laughs) kind of thing. I just thought it was the lamest thing. And they had Natalia throw to a tweet, which I always think is lame. But them standing in the ring waiting. Yeah. Uh-uh. In a blood uh-uh. feud. In a blood feud where they hate each other. And she's responsible for jumping. knocked her out backstage. Yeah. She yeah. jumped her. There's no stability here. What are you doing? I think it should be revealed that La Luchadora did it. <laughs> and how long do you think Dasha Fuentes is going to hang around in this gig? I think she has less than two months, if that. I, I I I said after that segment, Dasha's getting shit canned. I, I I think they'll they'll bring up Andrea DeMarco. They got her, or Kathy Kelly, or any other of the of the brunettes they now have down at NXT. Look, Dasha had her chance, and she keeps someone's in her head. She is performing like a performer who has been told you must do this script, you must hit every word, or you're inept at this. And when she flubs a line, she keeps going back to try and get the line right as opposed to moving on. And it's, it shows, and it shows that she's scared, and it shows that she, I mean, I thought at first the nervousness was about her being with Dean Ambrose, who was a little bit off kilter. No, her nervousness is she's going to blow a line and someone's going to yell at her. That's what it looks like to me. I don't know how it looks to you. Yeah. I agree. It, There's not not a whole lot more I can say about that. It looks like uh, an associate producer has been screaming at her, get this line right. You're live in three, two, one. She looks like a woman that thinks that there are like 10 other girls who look and sound just like her on the payroll. <laughs> and yeah. she's afraid one of them might take her job. Yeah. I had some sort of report about a month or two ago where they realized they hired a bunch of uh, brunettes because it wasn't like a conscious decision to hire a bunch of brunettes, obviously, but uh, that's somewhere under our exclusive section. I'm sure that was a fun conversation to have. I'm a fan uh, of brunettes and I'm a fan of two of the brunettes they have on there. So I'm, I'm fine with this. I think Charlie Caruso is great. And I really like, I really like what Andre DeMarco brings. So Main event. The Miz defends the Intercontinental title against Dean Ambrose. This was a fine match, and Maurice slapped Woo! Dean Ambrose. I thought you were skipping over this. I was about to make you backtrack. Oh, she put some mustard no. on that one, didn't she? She sure as hell did. <laughs> also, she slapped Renee Young backstage. Now, I want to say this. That's Renee, what I meant, that, that one, yeah. Renee Young cowered as she should have, as a woman who is an announcer should cower yes. When a yes. former Divas champion slaps the living piss out of you. Yes. Especially with the and, size of that rock that Maurice has on her hand. And especially with, where I read it somewhere, the Stephanie McMahon school of slaps, where I mean, she just kind of came down on that. Yeah, no, I, I think it's appropriate that non-performer characters 
are physically weaker than former performer characters. I think that was, was great. And I thought that whole segment, <laughs> I, I do love that Maurice is trying to get revenge for, for last week. <laughs> just she's been holding on to that grudge all week despite being on the road with this crew <laughs> just decides at that moment now's the time i'm gonna strike because my husband's not here to stop me like, she, like i think that last week. i think that in wwe world the universe live events don't exist unless they show them on tv right i think so too i think the only universe that exists is when they are live and the red light is on yep well i mean the red light is always on but, I mean, they're not going to release video of every live event, but they do. I believe they have somebody filming at least every single one of them. Sean Rossap, um, you don't have to turn on the red light. You don't have to turn Jesus on the red light. <laughs> so Dean Ambrose beats The Miz and wins the Intercontinental title after a back-and-forth match. Now, despite The Miz's quick Intercontinental title reigns, I think he is up among the greatest Intercontinental champions ever i'll say because he legitimately brought prestige back to that title i want to know how you feel about miz as an intercontinental champion historically now i think he's great i think he's 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 helped rehab the image of the belt i think he's getting the belt back next week i think this is a dusty finish i think it's 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 going to be the same as charlotte getting the the loss expunged from her record miz is going to bring in an attorney to say hey Dean should have been DQ'd and the referee went rogue and made a decision on his own, as opposed to doing the right thing. I should get the title back. I would love it. If Miz were getting a promotion up to the main event level instead, but I don't think that's the plan here. I think the plan is a dusty finish for next week where Daniel Bryan reluctantly has to give Miz back the, the belt and Miz gloats about Daniel Bryan having to be the one to give it back to him. I think that'd be, very good. It's not something you've seen in a long time, anything like that. For now, I'll enjoy that Cincinnati has a champion after a horrible year of Cincinnati sports. Um, don't. Don't go down this road with me because we're getting Marvin terrible. Lewis back again. It's terrible. It's Hot, rehire terrible. Vance Joseph to run our team. That's who I want. But And he's going to go to another team, much like Mike Zimmer did. Ah. All right. I'm done. <laughs> Guys, we have a ton of stuff on Fightful this week. Brandon Howard has has some more fantastic exclusive analysis. Constantine Eckner has features. I have features. Lots of fun stuff, even though there's no big MMA events, no big pro wrestling events. We have uh, Carlos Toro going to the Barclays Center in a couple of weeks to cover some stuff live, getting that boxing section up, and boy, starting next week. Got some changes coming I think you all will enjoy. Want to talk but, a little MMA? Let's talk a little MMA. Ronda Rousey, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? I think she'll have a cooling off period. I think she'll do a few movies, and then maybe she'll do a one-off in the WWE. I don't think. I don't think it's going to be WrestleMania this year. I, I don't think she no. can. I, I you mentioned. You mentioned she might do a few movies. She's had two movie projects put on hold now. Oh, because she can't act. Well, I agree there. <laughs> Look, I am I am not a Rousey fan. I respect her talent. I think one loss, you storm out of the cage. I can understand you being petulant and go, oh, she's so focused and she's so talented and she doesn't know how to handle losing. I can handle that once. 
but martial arts and its history, so to speak, of honor and stuff like that, I think it dictates in a one-on-one sport when you are bested like that, that you suck it up, you shake the hand of your opponent, you don't have to like it, you don't have to like it, you don't have to like it all, but you say, I got my ass beat. You know, tip I mean, the cap and then leave as opposed to storming off like a petulant child. I, I could not stand I, this. I'm not I'm not a Manny Pacquiao fan at all. But if any man had a reason to go in a media blackout, it's Manny Pacquiao after he yes. got knocked out by by Marquez. He was the punchline of the internet. Yes. Simba crawling on his prone body. You had him being RKO'd out of nowhere. You had every meme possible of Manny Pacquiao. He sucked it up. He came back, and you know what he did? He helped break a pay-per-view record. Not break, obliterate a pay-per-view record. Uh, I th- And the thing is, I think Ronda Rousey could probably still beat 80% of the yes. UFC, UFC's female fighters, uh, regardless of division, 115, 135, 145. And if she got herself into a real camp, she'd still be a killer. That, that's oh, yeah. Thing. I mean, the thing was her her loyal. I mean, she mocked Misha Tate for keeping Caraway on for so long. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to talk about that a lot tomorrow with Showdown Joe on the MMA podcast. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. Unless I can't wake up, you guys. Um. And Brian Caraway ended up being a top six UFC bantamweight. Mm-hmm. I have watched with my own eyes Edmund take. Travis Brown from having some of the best footwork in the heavyweight division to a stable punching bag. Uh, Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke, and Marina Shafir couldn't get wins, couldn't buy wins. No. And and Marina Shafir was a promising prospect. People had touted uh, Jessamyn Duke as a future top five in whatever division she chose. Uh, Baszler was a pioneer. Jake Ellenberger was once something to behold. And he lost like two or three fights there. Who, who was Brown with before? Was he with Winkle John? He was with um, he was with a lot of the guys that are at Elevation now, and he was with Winkle right. John and Jackson. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, I, I, and I, yeah, I remember people had high hopes for Jessamine Duke. What they, what happened was they got, they all fell in love with crappy boxing, and they got yep. knocked out every time. It, no, just, no range. I, I, I hated it. I remember watching the Jessamine Duke Betch Cohea fight. And I was like, all right, Jessamyn has a ton of range on Betch Cohea. She needs to stay at range, use that. And that didn't happen. She got in the clinch, and you could tell that she had trained with Ronda Rousey because she was hitting judo throws that she had never thrown before. But there was no range, and that was that was a big, 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 big problem. Edmund feel- sucks. Oh. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and unfortunately, he lives close enough to me to – Come over and do something about it if he ever hears this. But well, stay at an arm's length and you should be all right. <laughs> How do you feel about the Grisham hire? I'm okay with that. Um, was told Annick's probably moving to pay per view. Um, Good. I like Annick. I think. I think. I think he. I think Grisham as a third tier play by play guy where he learns the ropes. I mean, he's obviously a fan of MMA. I don't. I've never heard. I mean, his play by play. For for wrestling was okay, but I think this is a totally this is a totally different beast. I don't know if he trains enough to be skilled in it, but if he has a good color commentary, who can make up for his lack of knowledge? I mean, Goldberg's not exactly. Yeah, you know. Rogan, yeah, but I mean, 
Grisham does know his stuff. He ha- he's been covering MMA for ESPN right. for yeah. five years now. He hosted yeah. the ill-fated MMA Live, which is the same place that John Anik came from. I, I forget how long he's been with ESPN now. It seems like like yeah. yesterday he just left. I mean, and look, I think he makes a better play-by-play guy than say Coachman does an analyst. To be honest wow. with you, I saw I see a comment in our YouTube from Ryan, and it's really one of the best explanations of this that, that I've seen. Okay, America loved Ronda Rousey, but America does not love weak, fragile women. Her reaction turned her character into something so different and poor that it is mind-blowing. It's a very, very, I think, a, a fair description of that because her whole thing was this strong is beautiful, and she's not mentally strong. She's physically strong. I agree. I, I agree with that. I think America likes watching dominant champions. It's why people mm-hmm. love Kentucky basketball or Duke basketball. It's why people sure do. Yeah, well, whoopee. No, <laughs> you have a winner. You're lucky. Um, you know, they, they like watching – they they loved watching Anderson Silva to the point where Silva became a bad sport about winning. They don't – they mm-hmm. want they, – they love to see – and now they love him because he's a good redemption story and he gave credit to the guys who beat him. Like when Weidman beat him twice, it was – you know, that was it. He shook his hand and said, you're the better man. They would get back on the Ronda train, I think, if they would have forgiven her for that first storming out, if she had had the media blackout and stormed out this time, if she had just kind of done a mea culpa of some kind, as opposed to that, and she handles it the worst way possible. She does those passive-aggressive Instagram posts, like she did with Home, and she kind of did here. You know, I'd like to thank my fans for being behind me. <laughs> Holly Holm, you're a fraud. You know, that kind of crap doesn't win friends and influence. I just, I, I don't think you have to be likable because, look, certainly the Diaz brothers aren't likable in that way, but they have a certain charm to them and they have a certain, they still keep that weird sense of honor that mixed martial arts has, if you know what I'm saying, without being, without being absolute unrepentant assholes about it. And right now, Ronda Rousey is being an unrepentant asshole because, oh, Josh she's so Bar- okay. focused. I hate to compare Josh Barnett because, well, I mean, actually he took several of, of her training partners, but the guy failed like his fourth drug test. The next night, he was in Japan coaching one of his students. Right. He wasn't hiding in a hole. He wasn't doing any of that. And time after time, he ends up getting forgiven. I don't know if it'll happen this time. He's a but, very uh, likable guy. And that's why he, I mean, sometimes, people, people will sometimes. Forgive. Yeah. Sometimes. Jeff, anything to tell these people before we go, besides to follow us at Fightful Online on Twitter and Facebook and visit Fightful.com, all that cool stuff. I am ending the show a little early this week, guys, because he needs to get a nap. Um, yeah. He needs to get we, a nap. We got a million shows this week. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. Hey, well, I'm, I'm live tweeting Wrestle Kingdom 11. Sean Ross Sapp is going to be coverage. yes. Sean Ross Sapp is going to be watching the Great New Japan show in a few hours. He needs he needs his, look at him. He's a beautiful man. He needs his rest. He needs the beauty rest. That's true. All uh, of that is true. Also, if you are not listening, this is going to sound like a plug for Fightful because it is. If you're not listening to the Matthew Riddle podcasts or watching them online, do it because they're fantastic. They are every week. It's just. It's it's fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating to watch a man without a filter talk. Um, as for yeah, me, he he doesn't give a shit. He really doesn't care. 
Uh, we talked about drinking piss and shitting on the street for 30 minutes one day. And the next Saturday, Dave Meltzer reported that WWE had renewed interest in Matt Riddle. So he realizes that there is nothing that he can say that will change his perception with any company at this point. There's already giant pictures of him with bags of weed on the internet. There's nothing else he can say. Jesus. That is going to change. Oh, man. (laughs) That's the one thing I think. (laughs) With with UFC gloves on that actually say THC. (laughs) As for me, uh, you can follow my drivel at CrapGame13. You can follow... My other show, Shake Them Ropes, at Shake Them Ropes, which Rob has once again reclaimed as his Twitter yes. handle to talk wrestling. I, un- I unfollowed McListens. I, I just, I don't. I, we may go into that. Uh, this week, uh, Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT, Royal Rumble stuff, whatever you want to know about the current state of the WWE, plus our uh, top 100 match to see before you die from SummerSlam 92, Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog for the Intercontinental title from Wembley Stadium. By the way, guys, over on the Fightful account and my account, you'll see me using the hashtag Rumble Retro over the next like month or so. I'm going to rewatch all the Royal Rumbles and just tweet out random thoughts. Just random little things. Why not? Also, we got that Shane Helms podcast. A couple weeks ago, we covered his experiences in the Royal Rumble. Lots of cool stories there that you all got to check out. Last week, we discussed some of the more confusing rules in wrestling. I don't know what we're talking about this week. I'm thinking maybe gimmick matches. That's what I think we'll talk about. Guys, at Sean Rossap, at Fightful Online, follow, or go to Fightful.com, live Wrestle Kingdom 11 coverage. We're going to have uh, people talking about the show in there on the boards. It's open right now. I let you all get an early start on it. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up. It helps a lot. Guys, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.